Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with health and wellness coach Annie Del Rey. She is a nationally board-certified health and wellness coach who has worked with hundreds of clients to help them achieve a life of confidence, wellness, and success. Her mission is to empower all women to be strong, independent, and confident. Along with multiple certifications, she earned her bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's degree in integrative wellness coaching. Her certifications are all over the place and are deep. Originally from New Jersey, she now calls San Diego her home. We get into all of this and more. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Annie. It's Joe Domino. Hi. How are you? I'm great today. How are you? Good. It's, it's so cool hearing your voice after hearing it in recorded sessions. Oh, cool. Good. <laughs> oh, hear my gosh. It's the voice. Yeah, I hear that every once in a while. It feels good. Sometimes I feel like I'm operating in a vacuum. You know, it's like, is anybody out right. there hearing this? You know, so <laughs> it's, it's just that human psyche going crazy sometimes. But uh, um, but at any rate, thank you for taking a minute out. And, and I don't know if we had like a pre-thing, but I come from the jazz improv world, so I tend to, mm-hmm. to dive in. So you just let me know when you're ready um, <laughs> and, okay. and we can dive in. Sure. Oh, I'm so ready for it. Okay, let's do it. All right. So first and foremost, Annie, thank you for taking a minute out. And before we delve into your life as a health and wellness coach, I think the most, you know, pressing like elephant in the room for the for the globe for the last three years is the fact that we went through a pandemic, and it operated in very distinct ways on all of us. How did you survive that time period, and how has it changed the way that you approach life and your business? How did I approach it? Okay, so number one, I lean into holistic health like how can I do this um and I'm not even I promise I'm not going to talk about the vaccine at all I'm just saying aside from that um encouraging people to take vitamin d and vitamin c vitamin d especially um you know uh being worried about leaving the house and I just kept telling people this because of course I care about their physical health and it's something that you can do immediately like within seconds. So I really concentrated on what my vitamins look like and practicing social distancing but still getting sunlight. Um, And I just happened to be earning, I happened to be graduating with my master's in integrative wellness coaching right as the pandemic was, they were calling it a pandemic. So I had already, I had just been studying the mind-body connection. I was just studying physical health. I was just studying um, – I just wrote a 20-page paper on health coaching for stress and anxiety. And truly, like that month, they talked about – they started talking about COVID. So it was almost as though the universe was smiling down on those <laughs> Right, yes. you know? Getting, getting yes. you ready. You know, it's interesting around – I would say probably March 20th, maybe somewhere around there. I was, I was of all things for my mother-in-law, I was cutting, trying to cut the top of a milk jug so that she could make a little fairy home for the front garden. And mm. of course she tried to do it for 20 minutes and said, I don't want to cut myself rings it to me. And then what do I do? I cut myself. So I cut <laughs> myself really, really deep and I had to get sick. Oh no. So, you know, my wife's freaking out. I'm like, this is the safest place for me to go on the planet is the hospital right now. So I go in there. I get this hardcore ER doc that is 
like getting ready to go to Machu Picchu. He's a climber. And I just looked at him and I said, what's going on with this? And he said, listen, yeah. this disease, this, this virus is going to rage through people that are in really bad health and that are elderly on this planet. Bottom line, mm. that's all there is to it. So when I hear you talk about things like vitamins and all of that, you know, I've been doing that for years. And I think there's ways that naturally you can take care of yourself that isn't 100% going to block something that's uh, a deadly virus on the planet, but certainly going to give you a leg up on things. So it's interesting mm. you mentioned that. And it's obviously a part of your profession and what your specialty is. And I think that's, I think that's the main thing right there. It's really, I think it just, hopefully from what you've seen in your business, it's just magnified the fact that it's probably really good for us to take care of ourselves. Yeah, definitely. And I think the other thing, um, and and you uh, touched upon it, is the idea of it doesn't have to be these wild, crazy things overnight that you transform your health. Drink more water, get more vitamin D, right? Um, And you don't have to go out and buy the Bowflex. You don't have to go out and buy the uh, Peloton bike. If you do, fantastic. But there's such small things that you can do to protect your physical and your mental health so that when something like there was no books written about the pandemic before the pandemic came out, right? You, you don't know how to raise your kids a hundred percent virtually if no one has been doing that before, if the world didn't have to turn to that. So what can we do now? All right. Start your mindfulness practice, start meditation, teach your kids to meditate for one minute in the morning. You have them home, right? I mean, now it's a little bit different, but uh, just touching upon the idea of when COVID originally hit. Um, and then when we realized, all right, strap in, people, this isn't going to be a two-month thing, so what are we going to do now? Um, but I feel, and not to talk negatively, but I feel as if a lot of people went into victim mode as opposed to, wow, this is a wake-up call. How can I empower myself and what can I do better? Because this is a mess, right? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's the thing you talked about, kids, taking a minute out. Let's get to the essence of who you are and what you do. And I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of grade school kids at a career day, third graders. And they, one of them looks up at you and says, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? Okay, great question. I say that I help people with their minds and bodies. So how do we take care of our minds and how do we take care of our bodies in in the simplest of forms? Okay, so let's say you're in the third grade and you have a guest speaker and one of them says to you, what do you want to do when you grow up? How do you answer them? I would probably say I want to help people and I want to talk to them because I love talking and I did in third grade too, right? So I want to talk to them and I want to help them. So is it safe to say that you grew up doing exactly what you wanted to do? I would say so. Actually, um, I, if I'm being honest, I wasn't a, a nice girl. I would call myself a mean girl probably in middle school and high school for a bit. Um, but I think that's also what taught me what it's like to be on both sides, what it's like to be the bully and what it's like to be um, – how people cope with that, if that makes sense, what it's like on the other side, because, you know, life is, life can be harsh. It's not, there's life outside of middle school and high school. Of course, yeah, and there's different incarnations of our personality. I know when I was a mm. kid, I was bad, yeah, you know, and you 
grow out of phases and things happen. So I'm, I'm curious to kind of go back in your life. Tell me a little bit about where you were born and raised, and we all get these seeds of, like, what grows into who we are. How did those seeds for you begin to, to want to help people and to communicate and to do everything that you do now? Um, great question. I'm sure you've been told that before. But I was raised in Jersey, so, like, Jersey girl through and through. I moved to California about seven years ago, and I didn't really understand why people would say, like, oh, Jersey or oh, Cali, and identify as that until I was here. And I'm like, these are different breeds of people. I totally get it. I totally get why people are, you know, immediate stereotypes come to your head when you think of a state. And what the heck else was I going to say? I can't really remember the rest of the question. How did it? How did it make me do what I do now? Yeah, like how did those seeds from your, you know, family life, socialization, all of those things you experienced early on, how did those seeds, how did they start and how did they become who you are today? Um, You know, I would say it was probably started from stemming from my dysfunctional family. It just made me, um, I'm one of six kids and two Catholic parents, and just watching the dynamics there allowed me to start understanding the human psyche and made me much more interested in, like, what else do we learn? What else is there to help people with their suffering, pretty much? And when it comes down, I've worked with hundreds of clients, and what it comes down to, I noticed, is it really doesn't matter your background. When you're a human, we all feel sadness. We all feel jealousy. We all feel pride. We all feel sadness, um, anger, right? So even the difference between California and Jersey people, we're all the same. People give the finger in both states, right? People curse in both states. <laughs> I hope I'm not going off on this question. No, I- <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. You know, okay. it's funny because I hear all the time about – how, especially when people come to Kansas City, they're like, man, people are nice here. They talk like there is a guy. I think my my son's in the autism spectrum, so we go and volunteer on the weekend at a food bank. And there was a guy next to me that just moved here from L.A. so he could be close to his family. He's like, this doesn't happen out there. Like, we just started talking and getting into it and all that. Because I took a road trip with the family from Colorado to uh, San Diego this summer. Yeah, and we were just talking about just the differences he was just like it's just gotten so bad out there where people just or they don't they don't communicate but you come to it like the midwest and it's a different story yeah yeah so and then on the other side of that i see my dad was born in brooklyn and raised in long island and mm. um he he actually wanted out so bad because he was in a, a full italian family and he got so tired of the whole thing he wanted yeah. so badly to see the world and get out of his house that he joined the Air Force. He came to Kansas City and got married, and here we are. And But at the end of the day, like, I understand what you're saying. There's just But, but people are people, and that's just how it works. You know, at the, at the core, people are going to operate. Um, yeah, we're just, we're all humans. So I get it, for sure. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious, with all of that being said, 
you know, you obviously are, are driven by other forces like role models and heroes. Who was that for you that really motivated you and made you want to be better and to, to do what you want to do with your life? You know, I guess I would say my sisters. They are 12 years younger than me. They're twins. And I prayed so hard for them to come into this world. I mean, every Christmas, every birthday, any any holiday where you could wish for something, and even days when wasn't holidays. It's what I journaled about. And then my sisters were born when I was 12, and I was like, I just want to be the best role model in the entire world that I can be for these girls. What can I do that will inspire them to just be the greatest people that they can possibly be? Wow, that's, man- yeah. <laughs> that's manifest destiny right there. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, that's definitely that's interesting. Um, do you do you do you almost believe in some kind of spiritual way that you were a part of bringing them here? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I think that's. I was doing the law of attraction before I even knew it was a thing. We we didn't talk about that in my house because it was Catholicism. So it was you know you could pray for something, but but you're praying to God and you're waiting for God to give it to you. So. I mean, I call it the universe now. It's all essentially the same thing, though, right? We're looking for a higher being or um, putting it out there that this is what we want. Let's act appropriately so we can attract it. You know what always gets me? Because we, we grew up loosely Catholic. I mean, we never went and never really, you know, experienced it. And I experienced it later in life. Mm. The thing that's so weird to me is that the popes, the good popes, always embody the antithesis of what Catholics do. You know? Like, the current mm. Pope is always so open about all of these things and so good about being accepting and, and, and all of these things. You get the sense that there's a genuine, like, notion of what we've all been spiritually taught Jesus is. But for some reason, that completely comes down into bad media with priests and little boys or it just comes down mm. to this rigidity and this, like, idea that is so antiquated that it doesn't work in the modern world. It, it, can't, it can't bend at all to accept the fact that life evolves and changes in that Darwinian way. I've always found that very strange. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Or just um, like great example, like priest with, priest with little boys, right? I Obviously, the fact is um, disgusting. It does happen. There are news articles about it, but there are just as many beautiful priests. And and I'm not Catholic. All right, I'm not here to defend the Catholic Church, but I feel the same way about politicians. There's some horrific ones, but I'm sure if you look hard enough, there's some that are really out there. Same with police, right? They get a terrible rep. There are some that are just beautiful people. They did this for the right reasons. They signed up for the right reasons. So, um remembering, yeah. like, if you're looking at the darkness, you're going to find darkness. I promise you. I promise you you're going to find it. But if you're looking for the light, there are ways to find it. You're just not looking for it. Yeah, right. I get it. Yeah. And and unfortunately, and the way our world works is that there's a level of journalism that will just poison that whole well, and it'll do it Ooh. back, you know, yeah. whether yeah we're cognizant of it or not. So let me ask you this. If you could meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who would it be? It probably would have been Bob Proctor before he passed away. I think I'd have to think about that a little more. 
to be honest. Yeah, yeah, you're um, fine. So, and it could be mm-hmm. somebody that's not here or somebody from your family lineage. You could, it could be opened up to something grander. Oh, okay. Um, honestly, it would probably be my brother who passed away just to, just to spend time with him. Uh, like, I don't, I don't glamorize celebrities or even um, people in my field. It's nice to study from them, but I wouldn't really care about meeting them in person, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally, yeah, no, and I get that mm-hmm. a lot, absolutely. Um, so in the realm of, the one thing that motivates us to, you know, is like art, literature. What, what was the book or album or art that really motivated you that you still return to now? Um, Think and Grow Rich. That one really, that one really resonated with me, how they laid it out. I really, um, that's something that I've read multiple times. I recommend to people that I still get something from it every time I read it. You know, the one thing about your profession is that you give a lot, and you obviously have to give to yourself as well. So how do you do that? How do you, how do you give all of, all of what you can give to your clients to ensure that they're successful and that they grow, but you also hold enough back to make sure that you feel the same way. I spend time around joy, positivity, and um, relaxation. I really value the idea of slowing things down um, and taking walks and spending time with loved ones. I have a really healthy relationship with my boyfriend, and that makes a huge difference. I've talked to a lot of people who don't like their partner. Um, So I think being around those type of people, uh, advice I give is who's the top five people you spend your time around, and that's essentially the person that you're either are or forming yourself to be. So I spend time around healthy, loving people. The one thing about life is that we accumulate all of this wisdom, and, and it's through just being alive and overcoming things. So if you have a dream tonight and you run in, to a younger version of yourself, and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on what you've lived and experienced. What would you tell your young version? Lead with love, 100% lead with love, and also I promise you this is just a small part in your life. Um, it's funny you ask because I actually I wrote a book for my sisters, and it's titled S-H-I-T, I Wish I Knew in High School, and I wrote them, a whole book on Figure, like, I just want to give this to you. I wish I knew this. I wish I had an older sister. I wanted it so badly. So I just published it, like, two weeks ago because I was like, you know what? I want other high school girls to hear this. I need people to hear this. It, it would have changed my life had I known. What's been one of the best fan letters, client responses, so to speak, that you've received mm-hmm. from your work in your life? I've received a lot, actually, and, and something I do is write down a compliment list. I tell my clients to do this as well, especially people wavering with co- uh, confidence or um, self-esteem, is to write down compliments that you get. And I think one of them, just because I was so surprised, is that a woman answered one of my emails and said, your blog is life-changing. And my blog isn't even something that I put a lot of time and energy into, but that was amazing to hear. Who doesn't want to hear that? something they read that you wrote is life-changing. Absolutely. So, you know, you mentioned going from, you know, one coast to the other. What was the biggest culture shock for you in that process? Ooh, um, (laughs) let's see. Oh, my gosh, let me think. I guess guess that people were just um, 
more relaxed here. I I originally moved to uh, the Bay Area, so I was in Oakland and San Francisco, so still, like, kind of city life. If you've ever been to New York City and then you went to San Francisco, there's definitely a different feel for the people. There certainly is. I, I spent a lot of time, <laughs> yeah, time in my 20s traveling, and there is a huge difference. I mean, I remember just being in New York. My cousin lived in Long Island, so we went down to mm. the city, and she, you know, took me on the London double-decker and just going around. It's like there were certain times, and it was full sunshine, where we walked down blocks, and there was just total shadow. Or there would just be yeah. all of those people going down the street like a scene from Tootsie or something. It's like, and for someone from the Midwest that can't conceptualize that many people, it was wild. The only time that I ever felt like <laughs> New York like descended on Kansas City was in 2015 after the Royals won the World Series. We had a parade and there was almost a million people, and there was literally cars parked off the side of the highway. Like everybody descended on like a little hub. Yeah, oh yeah, it was unreal. Like we, there were sirens going down. There was there was chaos, and I was just looking around like this is New York every day. You realize that, you know. And it happened one time for us, and you know that's wow. it. So it's wild, very wild. It's, my uh, boyfriend's never been to New York City. He's a Southern guy, Southern Cal guy, um, his whole life. And I told him people will run you down in New York City. They will. Women in stilettos will literally run you down on the sidewalk. It yeah. is. It's a whole other, it's a whole other level. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember when you know Letterman used to joke around and used to always talk about things, and he would always bring that up, and I'd always wonder about it. But it's yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's true. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that can be that, that turn into stereotypes. But yeah, definitely, I know that it's pretty. I remember my cousin who was pretty hardcore at one point. She was crossing the street and. She probably wasn't, shouldn't have cut this car off, but she did. And she finished the last of her cigarette and just flicked it. And it just clinked <laughs> off of that windshield. And I was like, oh, my God. She just didn't care. Just like, hey, you know what? I'm walking across the street. You guys can take a minute. But, um, but at any rate, so <laughs> at the end of the day, when you look back on your life, of everything that you've done and accomplished up to this point, what are you the proudest of? Aside from just being my sister's sister, like, you don't even understand how much I'm beaming just thinking about them. Aside from not embarrassing them as far as I know, <laughs> um, okay. probably, I like, more superficially would be my master's in integrative wellness coaching. I take a lot of pride in um, um, having that against what other coaches have. Everyone out there has a perception of you, an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, and your colleagues and your clients, but ultimately you live your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I would say a confident, authentic person. You uh, really are, yeah, (laughs) confident and authentic. You will hear it the real way from me. So if anyone out there wants to learn more about you, hire you, anything revolving around your world, where is the best place to go? I would say my my website, my personal website. It's my first and last name, so AnnieDelray.com, A-N-N-I-E-D-E-L-R-E.com. Perfect. Annie, this has been great. Thank you for sharing story. It was great to get to know you. Appreciate it. Good luck with everything as we move forward. 
Thank you. You as well. It was a pleasure. I appreciate this. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, wellness, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. Find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. <laughs>